Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Maybe we'll make this a thing. Country music all Thursday long. Gotta love it. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Go check them out online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. You missed anything in the first hour of the show? Fun first hour. Brooks Nuanas, my brother, best friend, and business partner at Skyline Sports. Swing on by, give us some analysis and breakdown about Friday night's playoff game in Missoula between Eastern Washington and Montana. Also, the breaking news of the day, if you haven't heard, we've been talking about it all day. Twitter's blowing up. My phone's blowing up. Matt McKay, a former transfer from NC State who started all 11 games at Montana State this season. He's out. He entered the NCAA transfer portal this afternoon. He is no longer on the Bobcat team. So the two main questions I'm getting from everybody across the Twitter sphere as well as in my text threads are, could Matt McKay play on Saturday? No, he cannot because he's no longer part of the Bobcat football team. The other question I keep getting is who's going to start? I can confirm that Tommy Malott, the young man from Butte, Montana, will start, former Gatorade Player of the Year. So interesting fold for the Cats. And then, of course, we also got you set up for tonight's opener for Big Sky Conference basketball for all the Montana schools. You can find everything in today's first hour of the Nuanez Now podcast, which is proudly presented Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, 
and Sports Bet Montana. Time for the return. How lucky am I? I get to talk to one of my favorite guys for the second time this month. It's time now for our coach's corner. We welcome in Mike Kramer, guy that coached almost 20 years worth of football in the Big Sky Conference as a head coach alone and lived a life of Big Sky Conference football for most of his time here on earth. Krams, how you doing, my man? What's going on? Culture, man, that's an earthquake going on over in Bozeman. Right? Gosh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, last uh, oh, last spring when they were starting to unveil this transfer portal deal and trying to make sure they made room for all the whims and wishes of the players, because you can't play them, pay them. But now you, I guess you can, but schools can't directly pay their own players. So they're trying to make it possible that the players could have a little more freedom, a lot more flexibility in what their future might hold. But to walk out on your team on the eve of a home playoff game, dude, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> it's not good. It's not Come good. <laughs> you and I have seen a lot of things, crazy things. And, uh, you know, a lot of coaches foretold that this was going to be the issue. And we see, uh, you know, across the national news, say a lot of guys decommitting from Oklahoma to go to USC with the movement of uh, Riley to, uh, out to the West Coast. But to have this happen during the season, and now, uh, for, for example, uh, Spencer Rattler has indicated that he's going to transfer out, so who's the backup quarterback in Oklahoma? Now, this still isn't as devastating as as what the Bobcats are facing. Lose your starting quarterback, a guy who transferred in, who knows your system, has really been the catalyst for a lot of your offensive explosion over the course of the season. That leaves you high and dry because he wants to find a way to make himself more attractive. So, uh, I would say uh, be careful what you wish for because uh, Gage Gubrud and uh, you know a couple other quarterbacks have left uh, Big Sky schools hoping for brighter lights have ended up on the back end of the bench uh, as they've tried to transfer into those Power Five conference schools. Well, that's exactly right. That's the thing that's the silliest part to me is a lot of times that these guys are buying that the grass might be greener on the other side, and that impacted – a couple guys that had a chance to leave legacies of some of the best players in Big Sky Conference history. I mean, Gage Gubrud was uh, on on track to become the all-time leading passer at both Eastern Washington and in the Big Sky Conference. Kevin Thompson was the reigning Big Sky Conference Player of the Year at Sac State. Well, Gubrud goes to Washington State, never sniffs the field. Thompson goes to Washington, never sniffs the field. And so uh, I think that sometimes, I don't know, I guess what's your opinion on this, Kramer? I think that well, I, performing at the FCS level, I think if you perform at the highest level, the things that you want to accomplish will be out in front of you. I mean, we've seen dozens of guys over the years from the big sky go to the NFL if that's what your goal is. And I actually think you can stand out at this level even more. Well, and, and the name, before before I go into that, because you gave me two questions, but there was something else. Dakota Prukup right. is a guy who comes to mind in Bozeman. I mean, dude, you went to Oregon and got to wear the uniform. So what? You know, I mean, if that's your goal, then what happened to all those things that we talk about as coaches? So here is here is how this kind of works. Football is a team game. And so when we get our players together, we emphasize the fact that you're going to subvert your individual personality, your individual wants and wishes to make your team as good as it could possibly be. Your team, team, team. And you owe an obligation to see that team up through from beginning to end. Now, <laughs> We can look at it and say, yeah, you can say that as a coach, but that doesn't always happen. Look at how many coaches have vacated their teams here this week to move to other jobs, whether they're up, down, or sideways, 
So it flies in the face of maybe some of the tenets of team sports and that you talk about the team and the obligation. Well, I don't know, man. With with all the stuff that's going on in the last couple of years and the transfer portal now being a major part of all sports, and not just football, but all sports at the NCAA level, sheesh, sheesh, sheesh. It, it is hard to really wrap your mind around. I know that there is a... There's, there's always a balance between everything, positives and negatives, with almost every situation you can analyze in life. I do think you can point to some positives when it comes to uh, the student-athlete experience for this, but also it just seems to me that college sports right now, I'm not going to say they're broken because they're still wildly entertaining, and I think some of the, the purpose that they're trying to serve exists, but we talked about this last time you were on the show, Krames. The, the essence of what it's supposed to be about the, the the display of talent of young people, the education of young men and women, the um, the life experience that they gain, the learning how to fail, the adversity, all the things that you go through when you play sports at a high level, seems like so much of that is getting washed away and lost behind the auspices of just profits and money. And I think that that's a really sad thing to, to really accept. <laughs> when you start being able to have a licensing agreement, you're the guy who's selling the trucks and the cars and the soda pop and the stuff <laughs> on, on your local television networks you're getting paid for it wow something's, something's changed that's that's a little untasteful uh, but I, the one thing culture we need to kind of go back to a long time ago long long time ago i did my master's degree thesis at eastern washington university on the attitudes of athletes interesting a shocking thing to me I did a comparative study that the NCAA had released, and I thought, "Oh, this can't possibly be true." Well, as a master's degree student, you're not allowed to—you're not allowed to learn anything new. You're just supposed to replicate somebody else's study. So, I replicated part, a tiny part of this big NCAA study, at four schools uh, in the Big Sky: Montana, Montana State, Idaho. At that time, was in the conference, and Eastern Washington. And what the thing that shocked me the most was how many of the guys who were in the survey were expecting an opportunity to play pro football. Right. Now, this was this was in 1991, and yeah, there were some some guys playing in the NFL at that time. We got at Eastern, we, we had a couple guys, Kurt Schultz and Kevin Sargent, on their way to 10-year careers in the NFL. But it was just shocking to me that 95%, 95% now? I mean, and the, and the guys who took this uh, survey were not scholarship guys or they were partial scholarship guys some of them were walk-ons some of them never started the game and I, I couldn't really kind of break it out into the individual what, what, it, what it all meant but the thing the overriding thing to me was guess what every mother loves their son yep. due to the point of craziness and number two every guy that pulls on his helmet thinks someday I can play in the NFL so with that being said somewhere along the line in there there has to come the reality <laughs> The reality and the reasoning that hey, football is a game that we play. It's a, it's a, it's not life and death, and the experience you have can be just as great at the smallest NAIA school as the largest Division One uh, school with a macro crowd and all sorts of things. So, uh, well, you know, good luck to McKay and uh, great luck to the Bobcats. They've had a fabulous season. Uh, McKay hasn't been the only reason they've been so great. He's been a He's been a prime reason sometimes they've been able to be so explosive offensively. But I'm sure that the young man who gets to be the quarterback now in front of a great home crowd and a home playoff game and a home atmosphere on Saturday will be great for the Bobcats. As we turn our attention to tomorrow night, 
just about this time, uh, the girls get to do one of the things that I find one of the most charming, <laughs> listen to me using the word charming, charming things that can really ever happen. And that's a Friday night, Korea's home playoff game under the lights on TV. Golly, that, this is going to be a fun weekend. It absolutely is. And I, I think that we should maybe readdress this this entire phenomenon of college sports at another time because we do have to get into some of this football uh, that's on the horizon here. But it is fascinating. And, and your point about uh, sort of the enablement that can come from from the background you come from is is an interesting one as well. I mean, Quanzo Martin talked about it today in his press conference, and I thought it was great. But maybe we'll readdress that a little later on. It's the Coach's Corner here on Nuanas Now. Mike Kramer joining us. Second time he's been on with us here in the last couple of weeks. Very fun having Mike back on the show. Longtime football coach in the Big Sky Conference, including making stops as the head coach at Eastern Washington, Montana State, and Idaho State. And, Coach, let's talk from a couple of weeks back. I'm sure that you caught the 120th edition of the greatest rivalry in college football. Uh, I think that it surprised some people the result. Maybe not some. Some uh, didn't surprise others maybe as much. But what did you think? What was your take on Montana's 29-10 win over Montana State a couple weeks back? Well, first of all, the 29-10 is not a misnomer. Um, and it's also not a reflection on how, how explosive – the Grizzly offense was. Uh, I thought during the course of the ball game that, you know, the opening drive was masterfully done, masterfully executed, uh, masterfully coached, great call, great scheme, and, and that stuff happens. And for the rest of the game, you know, the Bobcats played great defense, but it took a block kick and a return for a touchdown by the great uh, Grizzly special teams uh, to make the thing feel like it was bigger than it really ended up being. So it was a very hard-fought, tight-fisted, uh, well-played ball game, not a lot of penalties, not really a, a, a bushel of turnovers, not a lot of scoring in, in that other than, you know, 29 points, however you can get a shovel, hammer, or saw, right? <laughs> you just have a chance to, to be a really good football team, and that's what Bobby Howick and the Grizzlies pointed out, that they they were able to co- overcome their midseason malaise uh, and get a chance to uh, revisit, you know, one of the, horrors of the 2021 season by having Eastern Washington now come on to the campus in Missoula in front of a great boisterous uh, playoff crowd. I hope that the crowd that was at uh, the Cat Grizz game comes back tomorrow night uh, for the Grizzlies because who knows where this thing's going to end up because, uh, you know, I tell you what, one of the cool things about uh, FCS football is playoffs, home playoff games. Home playoff games. My goodness. My goodness. And to be able to go on the road and win a playoff game is uphill for anybody. And anybody that looks at the overall record of all the teams that have been in all the playoff games since this thing's been around since 1978 knows how uphill that is and how hard it has to be. In fact, I'm 2-0 and at home playoff games. Uh, actually, home opener playoff games. I was thinking about today. I'm 4-0 at all home playoff games. And... Uh, never won a road playoff game. So as a head coach, I don't know what the answer is when you come into Grizzly State. I, mean, I guess Aaron Best will have to do his best to, to show what the Eagles are made of along with the great quarterback, Eric Berrier. But by the same token, UT Martin coming all the way across country to Montana State, man, you are talking about an uphill, uphill battle, regardless who plays quarterback for the Bobcats. Mike Kramer joining us here on Nuanas Now. And coach, I want to ask you about uh, – one specific detail here, because you know you've known Bobby Hawk for a long time, and you know that he's a guy that uh, is not much one into hype and hyperbole. He's pretty steady 
nothing's ever anything more than good. And if he ever says anything is great or excellent, you know that it is exceptionally good. And uh, he has called his his kick teams exceptionally good and says they're the best kick teams he's had in his career and the best kick teams he's had at Montana. So my question for you, though, is what goes into that? How, how do you become so good covering kicks and punting? And, I mean, they led the country in net punting. There's more than just having good depth and putting the right guys out there, right? There's a lot of scheme to it. There's a lot of mentality to it. So just take us through What does it take to have an elite special teams unit? Well, number one, you have to have a great long snapper. I mean, you have to have a guy that can spin it, who can put it where it needs to go every play under any pressure situation all the time. The girls with long snappers have just been great all season long. The second thing is the punter's got to be able to catch the ball and be able to throw it down the field with his foot to the right area. And the third thing is, is that your kicker has just got to be steady, steady, and steady. You don't ask him to do too much, but you ask him to put the ball through the uprights when he gets his opportunity. And when he kicks off, he cannot kick the ball into the middle of the field and make your kickoff coverage teams have to cover every lane, including because the field is too dang wide. So the one thing the Grizzlies have been able to do is be able to find a combination of those three guys that fit their program. And then the other guys, the eight other guys that play all the time are the, the coverage of the soldiers who are on the coverage teams, the return teams, don't touch the ball, don't feel the ball. Uh, they don't create they, – they have to do three things. They have to be able to run like, the, run like heck. Two, never give up. And three, don't penalize themselves. Don't, don't reach and grab. Don't, you know, don't, don't make that, that extra effort block that now – negates a long return and if you notice how well the grizzlies have played this year on kick teams the reason bobby uses superlatives is they are probably the least penalized kick units in the conference and i think you can take the equation of total number of yards gained and total number of yards prevented and divided by total number of yards penalized in those kick teams and you would find a ratio the University of Montana Grizzly football team is probably second to none, maybe the best they've ever been. And, and Bobby makes no bones about it. When he was an assistant coach at Colorado and assistant coach at Washington, he was cutting his teeth, not necessarily as a secondary coach, but as a kick team's coach. And that's why you see in the NFL sometimes where a head coach will be displaced and uh, some will happen. Well, they don't elevate the offensive coordinator. They don't elevate the defensive coordinator. They elevate the kick team's coordinator. That's right. Like John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, one of the great coaches in NFL history, I mean, he's never been an offensive coordinator, never been a defensive coordinator. He cut his teeth on teams, and, and teams are the way it goes. And I see no reason that uh, Montana State is slacking at all on teams like that. It's just that the 2021 season is witness to what Bobby's been preaching throughout his coaching career. Mike Kramer here on Nuanas now, longtime Big Sky Conference coach, and uh, been contributing in the last couple weeks here, which is uh, most excellent. Coach, when you when you were uh, when you were coaching, is there any the long snapper part is so interesting to me? Montana people that it's actually funny because Grizz fans um, are so passionate that, that they always want to have something different or find some you know it's not just the cliche I like the quarterback or the cliche I love the record setting receiver. There's factions of Grizz fans that always find a way to find their own favorite player. And Matt O'Donohue, who's a All-American long snapper here at Montana, he has this huge fan following. There's like 49 jerseys in the stands, and people are always, 
you know, talking about him on Twitter, and, and it's it's tremendous. But who are who are the best long snapper? Is is there a best long snapper that you coached? And also, who do, who are some of the long snappers that have stood out for the Big Sky? Because the Big Sky has actually had several guys that have gone on to the NFL before uh, throughout the time in the league. Well, every guy that I was ever fortunate enough to have, there was only one year that we had to have one of our quarterbacks be a long snapper in my coaching career at, at, at any level. And otherwise, we've always been very, very fortunate during my time to, to find that guy. Uh, you know, Andy Burtonshaw at Idaho State outside of one snap in which he snapped it in the end zone for the Grizzlies for a, a touchdown, a touchdown uh, for the Grizzlies in overtime. Uh, was an outstanding snapper for us at Idaho State. Aaron Sweeney was just a, a, a great snapper for us at Eastern Washington right as we were trying to really get going, and that spans 30 years. And in between those two guys, there's just a, a fleet of guys, including the current head coach of the Eastern Washington Eagles, Aaron Best. Aaron came to us Good. as a walk-on long snapper. He was not ticketed to be the starting center, which he became two years you know, after we lost Kevin Peterson. Uh, and he became an outstanding center. But he's a great long snapper, could do some things with his with his, with his his feet and with his hands that, that a lot of other guys couldn't do. And so uh, to have an appreciation of long snappers, the one thing I always like to think about is let's say you punt 50 times in a season. That's not, not an ordinary number. And let's say your punter's back there 14 yards. Well, you're throwing 600 yards worth of passes in a season. <laughs> Without an interception, right? We we want to have a hundred percent completion percentage. So uh, those guys throw for a lot of yards, and and they do it on in, in in small ways that you never count on. Except that I go back to the one time when when we lost the the snap against the Grizzlies in overtime down in two thousand, I believe it was fifteen uh, in Pocatello. Every time we get to a game clinching field goal on TV, whether it's the NFL or in the NCAA, I think wow. Is this the time that their snapper will do for that team that happened to us? Because I thought I'd seen everything. I mean, I, I'm telling you, Coach, I thought I'd seen everything. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the ball got tipped, scattered. We went from on the verge of an overtime win to losing without them running another play on the basis of kick team's operations. So we talk about those operations, and they have to be they have to be just perfect. They just have to be the way they are. And and the guys are doing well. Yeah, sometimes they don't get notoriety, and sometimes they do get notoriety. But guess what? They're only one bad snap away from ignominy. No doubt about it. Well, let's talk about these games this week. First, my my main question for you, coach, is I actually think that both the Bobcats and the Grizz have similar narratives coming into the second round, just in terms of the intangible element of this, but sort of the opposite side of the coin. For Montana, how do they carry the momentum of what was a great rivalry victory? and uh, continue to ride this five-game winning streak they're on for Montana State, how you get back up, dust yourself off, and, and not let it overwhelm you because you still are a nine-win team that's a top-ten team in the United States. So um, what do you think of just sort of the the aftermath of the rivalry as these two teams now dive into the postseason this weekend? Well, the first thing is that both teams aren't necessarily, both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies aren't necessarily now staying on top of the world with a marquee quarterback. And yet, the, one of the greatest in the history of the conference in the United States, huh, FCS football, comes marching to Grizzly Stadium, you know, headed into the playoffs. And so, the, the similarities between the two, uh, both Bobcats and Grizzlies, 
really kind of begins and ends at quarterback. And both guy, both teams have huge question marks on how those guys are going to play. And that's what will be the nail-biter for both guys. Because we know Eric Berry is going to play great. We know that Eastern loves to swagger into Grizzly Stadium. They love the swagger. Because when they play at home, they don't have that ambiance. And so to be in that ambiance, Eastern's learned a long time ago how to love it. How to, how to just enjoy coming down the ramp, how to just be there, have the fans over leaning over the rails, barking at you. That's the part. That's Sometimes that's what motivates you in the weight room, to know that someday you get that chance to go to Washington Grizzly Stadium and, and play that game. And so for Eastern, Eastern's coming in with a, you know, a lot of momentum, a lot of offense, a lot of tradition in Washington Grizzly Stadium. The Grizzlies have found a way to lift themselves up out of the mat and, and out of the darkness of the of a last play loss to Eastern and then a home loss to uh, a, a Sacramento State team that's gone on to, to be in the playoffs. So for the Grizzlies, they're facing a team that really isn't shuddering at the thought of walking in there. I don't know much about UT Martin, but I do know how the Bobcats will play at home. And at home, they are on fire. Oh, my goodness. Since they put lights in the stadium, uh, that has been a destination place to play if you're a Bobcat fan and to watch the Bobcats play at home at night. And the playoffs have been pretty good to them, not necessarily all the way to the bitter end, but now they've got a chance with their seeding to hold home home court after uh, Saturday afternoon's ball game. And I, I think we'll see, you know, we'll just see just a, a great effort by both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies, but uh, a lot of drama to unfold. Mike Kramer, longtime football coach in the Big Sky Conference, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Coach, love it. Hope you keep on coming back because we love having you. But thanks so much for being with us today, and uh, hope you have an outstanding weekend. Well, the one guy I forgot to, to mention as a long snapper, and I want to make sure I get this kick in because I know he's listening, down in Bozeman is Dusty Dawes. Gallo. We went to, uh, <laughs> when we went to Montana State in 2000, we needed a long snapper, and uh, I know we went 0-11, but Dusty right away as a true freshman became one of the great snappers and, that we ever had. He played a couple games for us at offensive tackle. He's a little light, a little light, but he did play a couple games. But what a great, what a great snapper he was, and what a great family. And uh, I know he'll be in Bobcat Stadium cheering on the Bobcats on Saturday, and, and more power to him. And I, I wish both these two teams the greatest amount of luck be fun to watch. Uh, I'll be watching every every play, trying to record every play, and trying to be in, involved in it as much as I can can ascertain what's going on. And, Coulter, anytime you need me, just give me a call. Can't wait, man. Thanks for being with us. Mike Kramer, one of the best there is. Love him. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Shout out to Dusty Dodds, too. Hey, Dusty, in case you're listening, appreciate you being here. Brad, tell your dad hi. Uh I always love the Dusty Dawes story, too, where, like Mike was saying, one day they didn't have any tackles left, so they had to throw Dusty Dawes to the Wolves, and then all of a sudden <laughs> he's playing that offensive tackle against Idaho State. That doesn't sound that daunting. This was back in, like, 2003. Guess who played at Idaho State? The one and only, Jared Allen, one of the greatest defensive ends, period, in the history of football. Listen to Dusty tell those stories when he went against Jared Allen. Uh, not the most fun afternoon, but certainly one you remember forever because you can say, Hey, kids. Hey, grandkids. Hey, this guy had 150 sacks in the NFL. It's a Hall of Famer. (laughs) 
a win against him once upon a time. It's a good a good story to have in your back pocket. So love having Kramer on the show. Appreciate him for taking the time. And uh, shout out to all those Bozeman peeps that may be listening as well. Chick who doesn't know sports, good friend Carolyn, she has no idea what the NCAA transfer portal is. I explained it to her. <laughs> More from her and plenty of laughs moving forward. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. and uh, making sure you fulfill the things you try to do with your life, especially for athletes. You're always getting mad at these pro athletes for not showing up to work. It's justifiable. It's a great opinion. Uh, it shouldn't even really be an opinion. It should just be the expectation. Right. But let me ask you this. This is the chick who doesn't know sports. Our good friend Carolyn here on Nuanas Now. Do you have any idea about the NCAA transfer portal? No. What is that? <laughs> it sounds like a video game. Right? Yes. The the memes when the portal first came out about what the portal is and this mysterious place of the portal. The portal is a database in which athletes can enter their name when they want to transfer. And it's this secretive place because the only people that have access to said portal are college coaches. I have some good sources, so I have, like, secondary access to the portal. I, 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 I get tips from the portal all the time, but it's still, like, this elusive, mysterious thing. It's like the dark web. The reason it exists is to help kids when they want to make a move and to also help coaches recruit. In its essence, it had a sort of uh, positive goal in its creation. Well, then we had a global pandemic, then the NCAA declared that you can transfer one time without any repercussion. In other words, it used to be if you transferred, that's fine, but you had to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. Now you can just go wherever you want and play for free. And it does. And now with the COVID year, it doesn't cost you any eligibility either. So you can just go and like start over, and you not lose any time. And so it's made for this unbelievable free for all. There's also then we're coming out of the spring season into the fall season. There's also this new signing day, so. Kids can sign in December. They used to have to wait till February. So now when the regular season ends, there's only a couple d- weeks until signing day. So when college coaches get fired, basically what we've had now in the last two weeks is just this unbelievable state of pandemonium. The transfer portal, like, keeps refreshing. It's just, it's so unbelievable. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids into this thing. So And also coaches, right? 
Uh, it, well, because coaches, can move, I mean, it's sort of the answer for the kids, for the coaches that move on all the time, because, like, that's the biggest hypocrisy in college sports. You recruit these kids from all over the country. They come to play for you or the program or whatever, but then you can just leave whenever. And then they might be stuck at the – it used to be that they were stuck at the school playing for a coach they didn't go to play for. So this is sort of the answer to that, but it's gotten really out of control. How many transfers are there going to be in oh. the next – Oh, tens of thousands? But what is the point of that? 48% of Division One men's Stop. college basketball players transferred, uh, at least explored the co- the property of transferring in the last two years. That just seems silly. Yeah, we could actually probably talk about this for like an hour straight because there's so many dynamics that go into it. There's the what have you done for me lately narrative that exists in all of society now. Mm-hmm. But also, especially in college basketball, like the enablement that exists among the the supporting cast of all of these basketball players is crazy. Like Quanzo Martin, who is Missouri's head coach, has a great video on uh, the internet right now. He's answering a question at a press conference. He talked about when he went to play at Purdue. And how uh, the first time his mom ever came to watch him play, he only played for 45 seconds. And how his mom, after the game, just came up to him and said, how you doing? You reading your Bible? It was great to see you. I love you. Keep getting good grades. See you later. And there was never this conversation of, we're going to kill the coach. Why didn't you play? I came to this game. And now that same situation plays out, and all these guys, everybody's in their ear. You're so much better than this. You should be playing. And so it just creates this total free-for-all. And... uh, I don't know. It's pretty concerning to me. It makes it very not fun to follow, honestly. Well, also, again, you're setting a precedent that if you don't like something, you can't, you shouldn't see it through and exactly. follow through your commitment. Exactly. And where are all those University of Missouri sweatshirts going to go right. or all that, you know, swag exactly. you have, but that's the least of your worries. I just think part of, I actually was just having this conversation mm-hmm. with my boys because Part of school and part of growing up is learning follow through and seeing things through. Also learning to fail. Of course, learning to fail. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, that's why do you think I'm so good at sales? <laughs> that's right. Because I you don't care if you fail. I do care, but I just get back up and dust that's, myself no, off. That's right. It's exactly right. It's true. So yeah, I um, I don't like this one bit. In fact, I was kind of doing some research for today's show. Yeah. And I actually happened to uh, bump into a big fan of the show, Barrett, from Craven's Coffee. Sweet. And he was asking me what I thought about all these coaches leaving, like Washington State, University of Washington. Did you see the Oklahoma to USC? Lincoln Riley, did you read about this? No, none of it. You're going to love this. Well, anyway... I didn't realize that this was part, because I, I thought, well, aren't we in the middle of a season? But I didn't want to say anything right. stupid. So you, you can leave in the middle of a season? Oh, man. Yes, you can. Coaches are under contract through schools, but whoever is going to hire them away from that school can just buy out their contract. Uh, yeah, I mean, what you're saying is exactly right. Right now... Oklahoma and Notre Dame still have games to play. They yes, still have bowl I games saw that Notre Dame's coach is going to LSU. <laughs> That's right. So where would did LSU's coach go? He got forced out. This is why this industry is so crazy. Ed Orgeron won a national championship three years ago, and he got forced out of LSU within the span of three years. Isn't he the one who's? family died in a plane crash recently? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... I'm I being serious. Like, I, I thought there was an LSU yeah, there, coach. There might, it might be something like that. I mean, I'm so disconnected from this because okay. I just find it so nauseating because it's just like the facade that it's amateur athletics is just so false. Right. It's not. Like, Notre Dame is one of the greatest jobs on the earth. 
And Brian Kelly left because the money is so great. I mean, $15 million a year. And his is name LSU. is Brian Kelly. He belongs <laughs> at Notre right. Dame. It's, it's and exactly. he kind of looks like a little leprechaun. He, I mean, he's I mean, a he's perfect not redhead, fit. But, yeah. but, but then Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma. $110 million contract. They, He was in the process of building a new house in Norman, Oklahoma. So USC bought his current home that he was living in and then his new home as well for $500,000 over asking price each one. So he gave him a cool little million-dollar bonus for that. Uh, he gets a private jet they can use 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and they also bought him an $8 million home in L.A. I wish we had a video of my face right now. <laughs> this is disgusting. disgusting. I don't like this. And for college sports. The people that pay to go to USC, you think they're on board with this? Like, um, well, that's what's so crazy about this, too, is most of these contracts now are, pu- are privately funded. So there really isn't much that the public can can cry about hmm. what we do here is is so important because we part of what, what what I think of we love sports obviously but covering college athletics is very much like covering higher education and that's what I take in from the journalism portion of what we do both here and at Skyline Sports I think of it like covering public officials because guys like Bobby Houck and Brent Vegan and Travis DeCure are the highest paid public employees in the state of Montana besides maybe like the presidents at the schools mm-hmm. And they are getting paid with taxpayer money. Like their base salary comes from the state. And mm-hmm. so that is money that you and I are paying them. And so they do need to be held accountable, just like an elected official. Places like USC and Oklahoma and Notre Dame have so much money because of these people that are so crazy. They want to give millions of dollars because they're obsessed with winning by these kids. It's like the, it's the weirdest thing in the world to me. It's wild. Um, well, <laughs> interesting because I was going to start today with my D-bag of the week. Okay, and tool it of the was, week. Oh, sorry, tool of the week. Um, and it was going to be NHL player Brendan, Brendan Lemieux. Okay, what did he do? He it was suspended for five games for biting an opponent in the hand, not once. Oh, yikes. But twice, drawing blood. And he also uh, had to cough up $40,000. Okay. So he was going to be my tool of the week. <laughs> but right now, I'm just going to say it's USC. Oh, boy. They are the tool of the week. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is insane. It's insane. It's insane. I don't insane. even know what to say. I am also should have gotten into college coaching. Yeah. Well, the, 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 it's the two who doesn't know sports, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. The thing that's the most frustrating part is, like, the facade that is the college experience of this whole thing, but also... Like the deprioritization of what it's all about. It's like Kwanzaa Martin was saying in that video. If you get a full ride scholarship to Notre Dame, the first part of why that is cool shouldn't be the gear you get and the TV channel you play in and the bowl game you get to go to. It should be the fact that you go to Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, the, one of the free. best educations. Right, yeah. exactly. Like that should be the same. And the best campus. Right. I mean, it's I've so never beautiful. been to South Bend, oh but I've gosh. heard it's amazing. It's yeah. gorgeous. But they, all of that stuff is getting lost in the yeah. shuffle because it's just all about money. It's become this meat market. And and same with USC. USC oh, yeah. is supposed to be a great education. Look no at all question. those people who paid millions to get their kids in. That's right. And fake, <laughs> fake rowing scholarships. Oh, man. So, well, The world has to be ending soon. I mean, it's 70 degrees in yeah. December 2nd. I don't really know what else we can do. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> let's just try and laugh. Okay. What else you got? Um, so... 
since last week was Thanksgiving yep. and we didn't get to talk about the LeBron James little debacle, I have a couple LeBron stories. One, he was suspended for that hit for the elbowing that guy. Right. Something. One game. One game. Was first time he's ever got in trouble his whole life. At, at, that's what, in 19 years it says first time. Was the other guy penalized for his reaction? Uh, I felt like he was kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't know, actually. I didn't follow that. Uh, I tried to find it, and it doesn't look like he was. Okay. Now, his reaction was a little bit over the top. Would you agree? Certainly was. Do you think LeBron did that on purpose? To hit that guy? Yeah. Yeah. You think he meant to elbow him? Because he says he was just trying to do whatever he was doing, and he grazed the guy. Uh... I think that LeBron didn't mean to, but didn't not mean to. Okay. I think that there's like this perception that LeBron is soft, and that's part of because he's lived his whole life in the spotlight. So many of these guys did grow up in tough places, and they did grow up fighting, and LeBron's definitely never been in a fight. Right. Because, oh, I mean, maybe he was in a fight when he was like 13, but he's been on camera like daily since he's 15. Yeah. So. He's like been if, a good boy. If we, well, you know, we just would have known, you know, right? Like guys like, Le- and also, who's gonna fight LeBron? Like, well, that's what I was thinking. Like, he could just like, he could just flick me. It's and just I'd, like Shaq when Shaq right. got into a fight with Charles Barkley. He doesn't know how to throw a punch. It's like, well, that's because Shaq's never been in a fight. Because who would fight Shaq right. besides Charles Barkley? Like, no one would fight Shaq. They got in a fight. They did. Oh wow. Shaq's punch was very pathetic. Like his free throws. Ayo. <laughs> so, anyways, I don't know. I think LeBron is. Uh, I think what what is going to happen the next several years with LeBron James is going to be fascinating, because Tom Brady found some weird serum that like well he made a deal with the devil yeah he did or something I don't know but like the 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 graceful decline of Tom Brady seems like it's not even a thing he's like accelerating he's getting better and younger and more handsome and like all these weird things okay easy what regardless <laughs> LeBron. He has lost like a half a step, and it's crazy. That I never thought that would happen. But he's like still among the best players in the league, but he is not like the king like he has been for 15 years. And so it's going to be interesting to see because uh, I love LeBron James, but uh, he, he is an alpha and he is a proud man and – as he declines, the way he reacts to it is going to be, it's going to be interesting. Well, he's kind of like a Great Dane and they age, once they start aging, they age rapidly. Yeah. And so it's true. I think. Big dogs get old fast. I know. It's true. And so I wonder if, um, hopefully he's got some good guidance and realize that, you know. Well, first have- and foremost, somebody needs to give him the guidance. It's like, bro, it's okay. You're almost, you're like in your late thirties. You're losing your hair. Just let it go, man. Here's like, what I he's think. He's got the spray paint. He's got the hair plugs. It's like, man, it's all good, dude. Just, just shave your head. You're- yeah. But chicks get Botox and filler and all <sighs> that. Like, and why? we dye our hair. So, you know, like I, I get don't- the dye your hair thing, but like if you're losing your hair, no, if- he should just do the shave. If you're losing yeah. your hair, just start buzzing yeah. it or like, just, you know, let it go. It's all good. Um, no one th- ever thought he was handsome because of what he looks like. They th- he's he people find him attractive because of who he is. Right, right. And he's money. ugly, but he doesn't yeah. care. He's been ugly. <laughs> I think I just had a brilliant idea. Seinfeld went off the air while they were on top. You know, they were like, "We're not going to jump the shark. We're Did not." You know going that I hate Seinfeld. Oh my god! <laughs> do you love Seinfeld? Yes, of course I do. Oh man. Anyway. I was indoctrinated by my father. He told me it was about nothing, and I wasn't allowed to watch it because it was so stupid. It was going to so run my brain. It's so funny. It's so dumb. Well, 
Tell me why it was like top rated <laughs> television show for so many years and they were the highest paid uh, actors. So, on no, TV I, I, I get it. The characters are phenomenal. I mean, yeah, Kramer's I mean, as good as it gets. And Jerry is hilarious. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Costanza is annoying, but he's, he is funny. Oh, I mean, anyway. <laughs> so he went out on top. He said, you know what? I'm not going to jump the shark. We are on top. We're getting paid more than we could ever. Let's just end it here. And that is what. Uh, LeBron should do. That is what Tom Brady should do. That is what these guys should do. And just humble yourselves a little bit and then go get your big and tall suit and sit on the sidelines of Shaq and make money being a commentator. Yeah. It's it's so hard to walk away when you still, I mean, if he puts it together, he plays it right, he hedges his bets correctly, he could still win a championship or two. Okay, well, then you're what's wrong with this situation. Why? Because you just said how, you know. Yeah, no, I know. But if I, I feel like it's you can walk away gracefully, but not when you still have this opportunity in front of you. I guess. I don't know. We'll see. Well, Seinfeld had a, you know, probably could have signed another five years, and he walked away. Yeah, true. And living it up in living New York City. Up. Is he still with, doing stand-up or anything? Um, he'd had a stand-up special on Netflix a while ago. It was quite good. Mm. And then he has his coffee in car... Wait, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, mm. which is probably one of my favorite shows. Okay. It's all comedians. They drive around in really cool cars and um, <laughs> get coffee. Okay. It's really funny. Love it. Anyway. Chicken so doesn't know sports, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Come with our good friend, Carolyn. What else you got? So, over the weekend... I watched King Richard, the new movie with Will Smith. Serena Williams, and, Venus yes. Williams, yeah, okay. I need to make one point. Okay. In This is not me being a feminist, because I'm really not a feminist, but this is kind of annoying to me. Okay. These two women. Sure. Serena and Venus. Yeah. Are, in real life or in this movie? In real life. Okay. Are the most amazing tennis players, athletes. Serena is no doubt the GOAT. Of For sure, definitely. She, I mean, she's arguably the greatest female athlete of all time. And the movie was about their dad. Right. That just annoyed me. But that's what it's supposed to be. I know, Isn't but... Isn't it their movie? Didn't they make they it? They did, I know, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, these women, well, the movie right. should be they about them. They had the weird... <laughs> I mean, did you watch the Cerrito documentary on HBO? Yes, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. it was so weird. Yeah, well, anyway. She's a very unique person. <laughs> she is a very... Well, I mean, watch you this should, movie. I guess I've heard that. I've heard you can kind of tell why when you see Raised it. by this man who, you know, he wouldn't take no... He wouldn't take anything less for them. He knew what he wanted for them. Um, it was really fun, great tennis to watch. I'm so curious about the actors in the movie and if that was CGI or if they were really like amazing tennis players because that was really fun. And then it was really fun to watch um, them talking about certain coaches like Nick Boletari, who was, he was kind of known as, he was Agassiz's coach and he had a huge camp in Florida that I wanted to go to so bad. Um, so it was really fun to watch them kind of talk about that stuff and watch them come up from Compton and become these amazing athletes. I mean, it's just wild to think this guy decided he's going to make some tennis prodigies, and he did. It's kind of like Tiger Woods' dad. Yeah, I know. It's I, I think about this all the time because on one hand, the crazy parents that, like, drive their kids to do these things – 
it just has such a high level of failure, a high percentage of failure. Right. It's almost a, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to fail. Oh, yeah. But Tiger Woods and Venus and Serena Williams would never exist if you didn't have that. Exactly. So then you don't want to eliminate it. Like, Earl Woods is crazy, and every person that ever was his son, it would have melted down. Yeah. But then you wouldn't have had Tiger Woods. Right. It needed, th- that had to happen for yeah. Tiger to exist. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's interesting. It was a great movie. I loved it. Um, highly recommend it. Good music. They, they, I think, I feel like Will Smith did a really good job. Although Will Smith these days is kind of annoying me. He's, he's really putting TMI out into the world about what his life. What is that all about? Well, he has a memoir. Is there anybody up. that, Will Smith at one moment was the coolest person on the earth. Yes. And he's he just, was like unimpeachable. There was no, no. He, he was like the one person that everybody was like, that guy's the man. Yeah. I don't know. What happened? Oops. Like, like mid nineties, Will Smith was like. The greatest thing on the earth. I don't know what happened. It used to be like if Will Smith was in a movie, he didn't even have to talk. Mm-hmm. That thing was going to be the best. I mean, Independence Day, he doesn't even act. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> That's my it's favorite like line. Men in Black. Like, yes. We were lining up to go see that. I know. Every Fresh weekend. Prince. I mean, it was, yeah, I don't know what happened to Will Smith. I don't know either. And I just, I think, I blame Jada. She's, <sighs> she kind of messed him up. And Are they divorced? No, they're staying together. They have an open marriage. Oh, boy. And uh, anyway, <laughs> it was hard to oh, watch man. Will Smith knowing all of the these things that have come out in the media from his memoir, I'm like, ooh, gross, because yeah. there's some nasty stuff he talks about. I think that the point of the story is, it's just actually, I, I, I'm coming full circle now. I think the point of the story is just as you just said, being hyperly famous for a really long time, is it's if you can sustain it, it's going to impact your people's perception of you as well as like your own mental state pretty significantly. Because yeah, it seems as if these sure. people that are famous for 25 plus years yeah. become very strange. Yeah. Like, I've only been famous, like, a little while, <laughs> and so I feel like... We haven't even talked about this. <laughs> you made your, uh, it's not, I guess, not network television, premium television. What is what is this Yellowstone even on? Paramount. Cable te- your te- cable television yeah. debut. Yes, on, on Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Oh, That's by the right. way, a, a promo of Ben Wyman just shot. Oh, the thing, Ben Wyman. you were in the same yes, scene, you we and were. Ben. Wasn't our friend Bryn in Bryn, Ben, and I were in a scene with... The beautiful Beth Dutton, <laughs> who is so cool, and I still haven't haven't. Uh, anyway, yes, seen this show. And, I've seen uh, your scene a million times because yes. it's all over the internet. Yes, well, because I have shared it and I've made it my profile. You know what's funny is that I knew that you would love it and post it and all that, but I think Ben is even more excited about. This, oh yeah, which is so funny because Ben is on TV for like five <laughs> hours a because day because it's so cool. <laughs> I mean, when you think about Little Missoula and this awesome production here in in our town it's just really neat and um it was a really it was fun and so yes a little bit of me in that one now great acting thank you i did i called security with (laughs) all of my heart but i think in the one of the second to last or last episode is what my my scene with kevin costner you have a scene well i'm sitting behind him do you get to speak no. Do you get to speak to him i spoke to him in real life in real life did you ask him what he thought his best movie was Yes, and he said Waterworld. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did not. He turned around and said, hi, how are you? And I was like, eh. Kevin Costner, underrated, overrated, or properly rated? Properly rated. I think he's a little underrated for people of the younger generation. For the younger generation, for sure. But he was such a 
star in the 90s. I mean, he was the star. He was the, the 90s, star in the right? 90s, yeah. I mean, um, that run, Field of Dreams, Dances with Wolves, and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was like pretty much untouchable. Excuse me, Bull Durham. And Bull Durham, of course. Yeah. yeah how can I forget? See, for a chick who doesn't know sports, one thing I love is <laughs> sports <laughs> movies and sports TV shows. There, In fact, I was thinking about starting a segment of sports movies to discuss. To be continued, we got a little long-winded there today, but thanks to our good friend Carolyn for swinging by Nuanas now and uh, a little more on sports movies and sports uh, shows on this sports show in the near future. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. We take you home here on a Thursday. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual, but it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio. We're bad at math, so we had to cut things out, and uh, now we're up against it. But thanks so much for being with us here on Thursday. Hope you're having an outstanding week. Can't wait for some Big Sky basketball tonight, some playoff football tomorrow. This is the final word brought to you by Eagle Satellite. We might be bad at math. Eagle Satellite's not. You can get TV for $57.99 and internet for $50. Bucks. Yeah, Eagle Satellite says go Grizz. They hope they win against Eastern Washington tomorrow. Call Eagle Satellite, 728-9999. That's 728-9999. Proud to have those guys on board as the presenter of the final word here on Nuana's Now. We'll be back at it tomorrow. We're not doing our pregame show because Nuana's Now is happening right before the Grizz football game. So we'll be live tomorrow for 6 Right here, my good friend Rajim Seabrook will be in studio. Also have a bunch of interviews, including Bobby Houck, Brent Vegan, Omar Hicks, Onu, and others. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.